Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, my homies? I'm so freaking excited to have my girl, Nezra Zabayan, back for another freaking powerful conversation. This time, she's exposing the tricky and manipulative nature of toxic, unhealthy relationships many of us unfortunately find ourselves in or have experienced. Now, Nezra is a best-selling author, an activist, and wordsmith when it comes to putting words to the pain and agony and experience of being a woman. And as usual, she's dropping gems and incredible insights behind our addictions for confirmation that trap us in unhealthy relationships and the upbringing that sets the stage for all of the BS we spend years trying to escape. Now, ladies, this episode is an urgent freaking reminder to put yourself first, get control of your life and stop selling yourself short. And this two part conversation gets freaking juicy right from the start. So take this walk with us as we explore the tough journey away from the intoxicating highs of destructive relationships and get back to your most damn real authentic self. And if you think part one is incredible, then oh my God, freaking stick around for part two as we dig into the real cost of actually staying in an unhealthy relationship. When someone tells you, I feel like my confidence has been knocked down. It's literally because of this. You could say that the sky is blue and they'll tell you, no, it's not. Someone who's toxic and manipulative wants you to believe that you are the problem. They get you to a point where you open up to them about everything, you trust them with everything, and that's when they betray you. Um, If we're in a toxic or manipulative relationship, we feel that we're either taken advantage of or sometimes we actually don't even realize what's happening. And so we start to wonder, are we imagining things? We ignore our gut signals that are telling us or screaming at us to run in the other direction. So what are the signs we can start to identify that we're in a toxic relationship, being manipulated by maybe our partner um, and start to actually listen to our intuition? Mm Mm-hmm. The first thing that comes to mind for you to realize that you are in a toxic relationship or in a manipulative situation is ask yourself, is what this person asking you to do in your best interest? Is it in your best interest or is it in their best interest? Is it in your best interest or is it in the best interest of the relationship? Because some people will say, well, you do have to compromise sometimes. Yes, you do. But as long as you're not the only one compromising. So in any situation where your partner is asking you to do something or asking you to think a certain way or to express or not express yourself a certain way, ask yourself, is this in my best interest? Because people who care about you and love you genuinely want what's in your best interest. The moment you sense your partner does not have your best interest in mind, that's a time for you to pause and take some time to figure out what you want to do next. I love that response. It's super powerful. In those moments, though, Mm -hmm. your intuition or your gut is going, no, it's fine. He's going through something tough. Right. Or maybe you give the reasons and the excuses or why may not be in your best interest. Like Mm -hmm. he's really struggling right now. So it feels really selfish of me to think Mm -hmm. of myself in this moment. And so all these signs that in hindsight, so many of us beat ourselves up over ignoring when we go back, if we Mm -hmm. were in that situation, how do you start to process that Mm -hmm. and not give a pass? you know, like a, a, what is it, get out of jail free card yes. to the person that um, doesn't have your best interest at heart. And it's proven that it isn't just a temporary thing because I think also that's the important part as well. Mm-hmm. When you start giving people excuses, 
It rarely ever is your intuition that's telling you to make an excuse. It's usually your conditioning that tells you, you know, put someone else's needs ahead of yours. Or at the end of the day, as long as you please this person or as long as you do what you can to get them out of this mood or to get them out of whatever it is that they're going through, you'll be fine. It's not your intuition that's telling you to make excuses for people. Your intuition works in your best interest. It works to protect you. It's usually your conditioning that asks you to betray yourself. Your intuition always wants to make sure that you are there for yourself. And sometimes being there for yourself and protecting yourself takes on the form of, I'm not going to raise my voice. I'm not going to express myself freely because if I do, this person will walk away from me. That really scares me. So my intuition might tell me what to do to keep myself from feeling the pain of something that actually needs to happen in my life, which is this person walking away. But your intuition will never, ever, ever work against you as long as you say, I am 100% trusting my intuition. Let me explain. Say you are in a toxic relationship where you feel like nothing that you do is enough. Nothing that you say is enough. Nothing that you do is right and nothing that you say is right. You could say that the sky is blue and they'll tell you, no, it's not. You know, if you're in that kind of relationship, again, your intuition knows what will keep this relationship going. Your intuition knows what your biggest fears and traumas are. Are you afraid of abandonment? Then it's going to tell you what to do to avoid that bad thing or that perceived bad thing by you happening. Then you can choose either to follow it this time or not. But your intuition will always tell you, we're doing this and we're aware that it's wrong for us. And hopefully at some point, you will be able to say, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. I am going to do what it takes for it to end. I'm going to tackle my fears of abandonment, my fears of whatever people do to me. I'm going to tackle all of that and trust myself and my intuition in leading me to a place where I'm in a healthy relationship, where I'm heard and seen and loved and cared for, and where the people in my life, especially my partner, have my best interest in mind, where I don't have to fight just to be looked at as a human or looked at as somebody who deserves to be treated with human decency. So... Honor your intuition. It is there to protect you. Look at your conditioning that tells you what you should or shouldn't do to be perceived by other people as worthy or enough or as, you know, you're worthy for people to stay in your life. Tackle the conditioning. Your intuition will be there with you for the rest of your life. Your conditioning changes based on you trusting that intuition of yours and saying, I don't want to betray myself anymore. I don't want to put everybody else ahead of me anymore. The reason we get manipulated in toxic relationships is that we believe that someone else's definition of who we are or someone else's definition of what's right or wrong is more important and of more value than our own definitions. So stop putting people ahead of you in your own life because that means you're not the leader of your life. God, dude, that's so really powerful. <laughs> um, so I actually want to back up a little then. Yes. So how do we start to identify the signs yes. that this, because I, I think about what you just said. And if I think about, okay, it's conditioning. Mm -hmm. If that's where we start, I think then we need to identify how we've been conditioned, mm -hmm. where we've been conditioned, and then what behavior we now accept as normal. Because going back to what you were saying about the manipulation and the toxic relationship is that you're going to react based on your conditioning. But if you've been conditioned to think this is normal, you then go inwards, right? You then go, oh my God, well, this must be me. I must be going crazy or I am wrong. Mm -hmm. So how do you start to just 
identify the signals, not even address them yet, yeah. but just identify <laughs> the signals. Yes. And then I would love to start really freaking unpacking how we then use those signals in order to give us a guide on how to approach things differently mm -hmm. and then listen to our intuition as a result of that. Yes. I first want to say no amount of conditioning that you have, good or bad, ever gives someone else permission to manipulate you or hurt you or lie to you or betray you or take advantage of you. We blame ourselves because sometimes society tells us, well, you should have known better. Or, yeah, you came from a really messed up background, so of course that was going to happen mm. to you. What that does is it takes the responsibility and the accountability from the person who actually inflicted pain upon you. It puts it all on you. Do you need to take responsibility for your own healing? Absolutely, you do. But it's not 100% your problem or on you. If you are in a relationship that's toxic or th where you are being manipulated, ask yourself, is my intention to be manipulated or is my intention to be loved? Is my intention to be manipulated or is my intention to really make this relationship work? So come back to your intention and affirm yourself that you are coming from a good place. But sometimes coming from a good place is not enough for you. Coming from a good place, sometimes you get into that corner where you feel like this is the only way for me to be a good person with the definition I've been told about what a good person looks like. Mm. Being a good person means I give people chances. I see the best in them. Even when they hurt me, you know, I have to not take it personally and say to myself, they must have had a bad day. They must have had a bad life. They must have had a bad childhood. Being a good person sometimes stops us from seeing people for who they are because we think if I give myself permission to see that person as a bad person, that might reflect that I am somebody who sees people as bad people. Therefore, I'm going to stop myself. Mm. I think the very first sign you get that you are going through something toxic or manipulative is in your body. You feel it. Somewhere in your body, you feel either tension, you feel like something's different, or something is very familiar in a way that scares you. Like, I've felt this before. For example, when someone love bombs you, we talk about love bombing all the time. It's when people shower you with love and affection. And I can't believe that someone like you exists. And I'm so lucky that I've met you. And they might not just shower you with gifts because I, I hear that commonly in definitions. It's not just about gifts. It's about words and contacting you all the time and wanting to see you all the time all of that is like I'm putting you up on a pedestal and for people who are wondering how do I discern between someone who's love bombing me and someone who's not think what is it about you that this person is loving do they know you well enough to know what to love about you I'm sure you're a great person I'm sure you have great qualities but do they know that so ask yourself that question. So when somebody love bombs you, showers you with love and words of affirmation and all of that, your body can sense something's really off about this. Maybe you've been in a relationship before with someone who has narcissistic traits or someone who ended up being toxic. So your body's like, we felt this before. Or maybe you've never experienced this level of love before and your body's like, wait a minute, something doesn't feel right here. Or you just, you feel this euphoric feeling that's like, I've been waiting for this my entire life. You also have to pay attention in moments like that when you're feeling an overly great feeling. So the signals for you to know whether you're in a bad situation can both be overly great or really bad, but something is off 
from what your body's used to. So, so you're saying first off, thing off from I'll like say. your normality. Because yes. as you were describing it, when it's off in a negative way, I think instinctually you want to move away from it. Yes. But the problem lies specifically with love bomb is that you feel the euphoria. Mm-hmm. And going to your point, if you've either been in a toxic relationship before, let's say you're really struggling, you're like, I, I'm never going to do that again. And then you feel this beauty that has been brought to mm-hmm. your life. You're going to lean into it. Or if you've never felt this before and you're like, oh my God, this is what everyone's saying. This is love. This is exactly what people have been telling me. And so you just jump in with both feet. Mm -hmm. I think that becomes way harder because it feels good. It's almost like alcohol, right? If you've ever had like a sip of alcohol, it feels good, at least for me. It's like I get giggly. And so it's like sometimes it entices me to go, well, you should just have more alcohol. But obviously it doesn't work like Mm -hmm. that. So with the relationship part, as you're talking about, the negative I can think of that being almost hopefully instinctually people feel that like, hang on a minute, something's not right. But it's the joy that it gives you that then becomes dangerous. It can be very dangerous. Yes, you can get into a relationship, fall in love. It could be healthy and you can feel that euphoric feeling. For the first few months, that's normal. And that's why it's important to get to know people today as I was getting my hair done with Robert Ramos, who's incredible. He said something to me that really hit me. He said, I I got to a point in my life where I realized that I had to stop dating people's covers and actually open the book. Ah. That's what I need to be dating. Open that book, get to know it, figure out whether this is really someone that I can be with and love and do life with. What we do in that first three to six months, even up to a year sometimes and more than that, we're getting to know the cover. And the cover isn't just who this person actually is. It's also our projection of who we want that person to be, who we've imagined our entire lives. So if your entire life you waited for someone to come and love you and see you and celebrate you and go for drives with you and spend hours on the phone with you you're going to project that image onto them and if they reciprocate which someone who's looking to manipulate you will reciprocate because they mirror you they mirror what you say they mirror what you do if you say i'm very much into reading poetry or i'm very much into reading manga they'll say me too so they will mirror to you what they know you want and what they know you like So when you're dating the cover of that person, you're dating the image they're projecting to you and the image you're projecting onto them. And the only way for you to know whether this is real love or this is healthy love, that's a better word to use, will it stand the test of time? Are they always going to treat you as well as they're treating you right now? There's a really powerful scene in the All Too Well music video, the 10 minute version, (laughs) where right after showing the girl and the guy falling in love so deeply and things are going great, they're having dinner with friends and the girl puts her hand on the guy's hand on the dinner table and he holds her hand and he flips it over and like basically is telling her, I'm not going to hold your hand during this dinner. And a person listening to this or watching this who's been in a toxic or manipulative or abusive relationship will recognize a moment like this because now that person has shown you that who they are with you in private is a completely different person from who they are around other people. What does that tell you? They are not themselves with you. They may also not be themselves with other people, Mm. but they're able to put on that face. And sure, someone listening might say, well, maybe they're not comfortable. Maybe the guy wasn't comfortable with public displays of affection. Maybe that's what it is. Well, did you have a conversation about it? Did they come up to you after and say, you know, I'm really not comfortable in front of these friends in particular. One of them is going through a breakup. Or was it looked at as... You're just overthinking it. We were having dinner and I just didn't want to hold your hand. But if you were holding my hand every single day and wherever we went in public when we were together and all of a sudden in a setting where people who know you are there and you know that if you held my hand, the image they have of you is going to somehow change or be broken 
and you did that, then you're telling me I'm not fully getting to know you. I'm not fully in a relationship with you. You're not showing me every part of you mm. or the parts that I should know. You're not showing me the real you. So those are little signs when there's contradictions between who they are with you in private and when no one is there that knows them and who they are around the people who know them, especially the people who've known them for a lot longer than you've known them. Because those people have witnessed them wholly and fully. You've known them for a few months. You've known them for a year. So trust that if someone is showing you a different side of them in front of people who've known them for a long time, they are a different person than the one they're showing you they are. Sure, people evolve in relationships. Sure, someone might meet you and say, she or he are holding me up to a really high standard, and I love that. They could be showing you the best version of themselves because they genuinely want to be that best version, and that's great. However, don't sacrifice what you know you deserve in a relationship just because you're making excuses for them saying, well, maybe they were trying their best to be the best person they could be. So when they stop and they take it out on you, why is that your fault? If they are the ones who promised themselves they wanted to be better, and at one point they decided, I'm not going to be better. I, I would rather relapse back into the person I was before. Why would they take it out on you and, and start, I'm going to use a word that we always use, gaslighting you into thinking that something is wrong with your perception of reality? I've heard people in relationships, I'm not just talking about men or women, everybody does it. I've heard people in relationships tell their partner, that's just all in your head. Like, of course, every relationship starts off great and it just gets to a point where it's, it's not so great anymore because life gets real and some people listen to that and they believe it. Of course, the euphoric feeling that you feel at the beginning is not going to last forever. You're not always going to want to be all over each other or spend as much time together. But if a relationship goes from being your safe haven, from being the place where you feel loved and cared for and heard and like someone is actually paying attention to who you are and what you're going through and they're attentive to you, if it goes from that, Two, I can't even look at you when I'm talking to you. You annoy me so much. You bother me. Everything you say and do is wrong. Or I'm going to invalidate you every chance I get. Or I'm going to not encourage your dreams the way that I did when we first met. Or I'm going to belittle the work that you do. When you go from that healthy place or what you thought was the healthy place, to the complete opposite, that was never love. Because what turns into toxicity and manipulation and abuse was never love. It was that from the beginning. That's just a part of the process. If you saw somebody on the street who cursed at you or who told you, you're so dumb, you're never going to get to where you want to get, or you're ugly, or who do you think you are? You would just look at them and say, Oof, that person's mean, and you go on with your day. I'd give them the middle finger. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but someone who wants to manipulate you and someone who is toxic knows the only way for them to do that is to get your trust. The only way for, the, for them to do that is to get you to fall in love with them, to admire them, to depend on them in some way. So it will take time for that to happen. So the signs along the way, pay attention to what your intuition's telling you. Pay attention to your body because your body remembers things that your mind needs some time to catch up on. Mm. If your body tenses up and you don't know why, trust that it's because something is happening that your body's not trusting, your body's scared of. It could be that you're remembering an abusive situation you saw in the past with your parents, with your friends, on TV, and your body's like, hold on, this is happening. And some people wait for evidence. Many people will resonate with this. You're sitting with your partner, a message comes on their screen, they flip their phone over, 
And immediately they go to the bathroom and they take their phone with them and they spend so much time. You might get a gut feeling that tells you, what's, what's going on there? Something's off. They never do this. Or maybe they're cheating on me. That's enough of a signal for you to pay attention to it. You don't need to see messages on their phone for you to say, I know with 100% certainty that something wrong is happening here. If your partner's never flipped their phone over and they've never ever gone to the bathroom right after, right after they got a text and spent an hour there, that is a cause for concern. Doesn't mean that you can get to the conclusion on your own to say they're definitely cheating on me. No. But do you need to be 100% certain that someone is cheating on you for you to bring that up? If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with hires as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easier easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. So yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. What do you actually then ask? In that situation, there are, there are multiple things that you can go, right? Oh, mm-hmm. maybe I'm feeling insecure right now. Why am I feeling insecure? Yes. If you're looking at them going, hang on, that behavior they've never done before. If you've already built trust with that person, mm-hmm. that person has already, like even in a healthy relationship, I'm not even saying a toxic yes. one. My mind would first go to, is it my birthday? Like maybe he's trying to like arrange mm-hmm. flat, right? Like yes. I would almost go to the positive side of what am I missing and not go, oh, hang on a minute. He's definitely cheating and I need to prove it. Yes. So how do you start to pass that apart and and without accusat- accusing yes. somebody? But to your point, and I think this is maybe where you're going to go, is like you don't necessarily have to wait for that physical evidence to then address it. Is that what you were... Not only do you not have to wait for the physical evidence to address it, but you don't have to wait for the physical evidence to give yourself permission to feel your feelings. Mm. If something felt off in that moment, don't allow your lack of evidence to override what your body's telling you. It's very important because if you wait for evidence every single time, then you're telling your body, I don't trust you, I trust evidence. Your body's been with you since the moment you took your first breath in this life. Your body knows what feels good, what feels bad, what feels wrong, and what feels right. So if that felt wrong, I'm not saying jump to the conclusion that your partner's cheating. But if you're feeling something inside of you that says, hmm, that's a really off behavior, tune into it and try to understand what is it bringing up for you? Because It could bring something up for you that has nothing to do with your relationship. It could bring you back to moments in your past when you've been betrayed and maybe you didn't heal that. And this is a call for you to heal it where, yes, you might say, maybe it's because of my past that I'm doubting that my partner is being trustworthy or loyal to me. But that that means I need to tend to my past, right? So don't wait until you see a text message on your partner's phone for you to say, 
well, now I can feel what I felt in that moment. No, go through it. Because you are in a relationship with yourself, after all, aren't you? So you could choose to bring it up. You could choose to address it. I would highly not recommend accusations because you don't have that evidence. But don't wait for that evidence to feel your feelings. This is how I would advise to bring something up Mm. like that. If this is someone that you really trust and love, but you can't shake that feeling off and you've tried your best to work through it in your body, I would sit with them and say, I just want to let you know that when this happened, it just felt so off from what you normally do that I just didn't know how to read it. And I trust you. And I trust our relationship, but I felt like that just was really off from what you normally do. And then see what they'll tell you. Your partner might say, oh no, it was, it was uh, your friend, we're planning your birthday party. They might say, oh no, it was just uh, a guy from work who was asking me a question that's very confidential to the company. Like they might give you an answer that takes that anxiety away and now you feel like wow I can have a conversation with this person I also must say that sometimes the person that you're with if they are manipulating you they might lie to you about that literally that was going to be my next thing yeah so just just notice how often is this happening what kinds of excuses are they giving you Mm. uh and and truly and I know this is controversial Say this is someone you've been with for a year and you trust them and, and you've decided we're together, we, we, we are loyal to each other, we are committed, we are in a monogamous relationship, and something like this happens where it shakes your trust a little bit, you just don't know how to read into it, you bring it up to them and, and they give you a valid response, like it's someone from work or it's someone I used to know from the past and... If it still doesn't feel right in your body, do not deny the feeling. Do not ignore it because it could be your body telling you something is still off here. So then what will happen is if this continues to happen where they're harboring behavior that where they're not being loyal to you, that feeling is going to become stronger and stronger and stronger. I know someone listening is going to say, but what if it's from my past relationships? That was going to be my next thing. What if I'm just being... Like being triggered from something that your past did Mm -hmm. where maybe that actual situation did lead to them cheating on you. Mm -hmm. But this person, it really was a confidential text from work. Mm -hmm. That's why I said, notice how often it happens. And notice what excuses or responses they give you every single time notice if other new things happen like if other behaviors of theirs or habits change some people will say if my partner is constantly being shady with their phone then it's their responsibility to give me access to their phone so that I could know what's going on some people might say that Some people might not agree with that. I personally believe that every relationship is different. I think it's it's going to be based on how willing the two of you are to help each other work through your triggers. It might be great for your partner to tell you, you know what? I know that you need confirmation that every text I send or every conversation I have is not inappropriate. I know it's because of your past. I know you've gone through relationships where people have betrayed your trust and cheated on you and and been toxic with you. I do believe that this is something that you need to work through and we're going to work through it together. But I don't believe that the answer is for me to constantly show you that nothing wrong is happening. I think you need to build that trust muscle. So every once in a while... I might give you my phone and say, just for your ease of mind, let's wean you off of Mm -hmm. this addiction to confirmation. It's just like when you go on social media. 
after you go through a breakup or while you're going through a relationship and you constantly need to check their social media to see whether they're with someone new or who they're with or there's something about getting that confirmation that they aren't happy with their life or they haven't moved on that's very addictive or wanting to know what a person is up to at all times that's very addictive but it really comes down to you are you're addicted to getting confirmation that what you want to be true is true so going back to the phone example your partner might say we want to heal this confirmation addiction of yours so would it be easy for me to give you my phone every day sure it would be but i want what's best for you i don't want you to constantly be walking on eggshells and thinking that i might be with someone else or thinking about someone else i don't think that's healthy so let's work through it together a couple might work through it that way mm. so every situation is different what is toxic is when you bring up a concern to your partner and the whole issue turns about everything but what you brought up why are you raising your voice like that what calm down why are you talking to me like that what did something happen today in your day for you to be bringing this up right now like where is this coming from things were great are you on your period are you on your period <laughs> yeah um Did you watch some videos on YouTube today that told you to look into something like this? Listen to the way that your partner listens to you. Listen to the way that they tune into you. Could it be that they are for example avoidant and they've been triggered and now they're getting defensive? Absolutely, it could be that. And I say this, Lisa, because I know people listening who are going through these kinds of relationships are making excuses. And one of those excuses is, well, he is avoidant or she is avoidant and the moment that an issue is brought up, their guards go up because their fear and avoidant for people who don't know, their biggest fear is abandonment. Like you might think that an avoidant person, somebody who tries to leave first, isn't someone who's afraid of abandonment. but the reason they run away is because they're afraid of someone running away from them so they want to protect themselves and run away first before that person runs away mm-hmm. from them so you could say your partner is avoidant and they get very defensive every time that an issue comes up or maybe they get defensive because they had a childhood or an upbringing where their parents were constantly critical of them so they're very hypersensitive to criticism it could be that It could be that they don't know how to communicate with you. They don't know how to listen to you. But you know the difference between someone who's toxic and someone who's healthy is their willingness to talk to you about it and tell you this is what I'm struggling with. I really want to hear you. I really want us to have a healthy relationship. I don't know how because the moment you walk into the room and tell me earlier today I was talking to you and you didn't even look at me instead of my mind going to a place where I I'm thinking back to what it was that I was doing at the time maybe I was really focused on something and my intention wasn't to ignore you or not look at you before I can even go there all I hear is someone's criticizing me and the way for me to protect myself is to put that guard up and to reject the criticism altogether Mm. That's what gives you the person who's bringing up the issue the chance to say I wasn't criticizing you. Next time I bring up an issue to you, I will be sure to start it off by saying I want to talk to you about something. I'm not criticizing you. I'm not shaming you. I'm not trying to make you feel like you are a bad person. This happened, so I'm going to help you. So a partner who gets triggered to be defensive or to come across in our relationship as if they are toxic or manipulative just because they don't know how to communicate they will know how to communicate to you that they don't know how to communicate mm. someone who's toxic is always going to say 
Well, it's your issue. The fact that you're bringing up those issues is the problem because you're triggering me. Instead of them saying, I get triggered and I need to work on this. Someone who's toxic and manipulative wants you to believe that you are the problem. You having anything to bring up is a problem. Even you succeeding is a problem. Why? Because it could trigger them into feeling ashamed that they aren't where they want to be in life. They want you to believe that you, with your whole existence, are the problem. So stop making excuses when somebody in your life, and this is somebody like a partner, is a partner is someone that you are building a life with. There's someone that, even if it's for a year or two, there's someone that you're building something with. They are such a huge part of your life. You could have a great career. You could be making great money. You could have great friendships. You could have a great family relationship. You could have a great community around you. If your intimate relationship is not good, if it's toxic, if it's manipulative, it could bring all of that down. Because relationships with partners are the foundation for how we feel about ourselves. Being seen and heard and validated, like for who we are, that's not being needy when you request those things. It's not asking for too much. You weren't meant to be alone in this life. Are you responsible for dealing with your own emotions? Yes, you are. Are you responsible for taking responsibility and accountability for everything that goes on in your life? Yes, you are. But the person that you spend your time with, if they don't reflect that they see you fully, then you are spending so much of your time feeling like you're looking at a mirror and you're seeing a completely different person. You're seeing a shadow. You're seeing all black, all white. You're seeing everything but yourself. So if you're in a relationship that doesn't reflect to you, I see who you are. I love who you are. I validate who you are. I want to see who you are grow. I listen to you. I pay attention to you. That could really break you because it alters the way that you see yourself. I know people are, some people are listening and saying, no, a person that you're with should never have that kind of power. I'd hate to break it to you, but they do. Because they reflect to you and they replay and they bring up your earliest relationship, which was with your parents. You can never tell me that a person early on in their life doesn't depend on people. We all do. If we don't have people around us to take care of us, we die. There's, it's, it's a fact. But just because I've gotten to a certain age in life... It doesn't mean that the closest relationship to me, the closest person to me, doesn't affect me. Of course they do. You might not feel it if you're in a really good relationship, but you sure as hell will feel it if you're in the wrong one. This is another sign, by the way. If you go out into the world and the people who you interact with tell you something like, you're such a good person, that was really sweet of you and you get emotional, you are in a relationship that's not right for you. Because it shouldn't, you should not be that deprived of hearing words like, that was really sweet of you. That was nice. You look beautiful today. You're such a strong person. You're so courageous. If you never, ever, ever hear positive words being said to you by your partner to the point where you're out there, someone opens the door for you, someone does something really small and sweet for you and you get emotional, you're in the wrong relationship. Wow, that was, I didn't expect you to say that. That was really powerful and very true. And it made me start to wonder is it a stacking effect? Like, because I don't think, right, to your point that everything you've just very eloquently broken down, it's never just like 
one day they're amazing, the next day they're completely manipulative mm-hmm. or they become toxic. Sometimes it really can stack over time. It does. So the first year, I'm like, oh my God, maybe I've met the one, right? And so now you were invested in that relationship. They do something like they dismiss you. So let's say you then see them act in a weird way. You bring it up. They kind of dismiss it. Maybe it's not a big dismissal. So you kind of let it go. And over time, you start to settle for the person they are becoming. Mm -hmm. And then you recognize it feels like you blink. But I refuse to ever believe you actually just blink and then all of a sudden the person's different. It's that you've given these small um, allowances, if you will, of just like, it's fine. It doesn't really matter, right? Going back to where even where we began, like, well, they're having a bad day. And before you know it, you may blink and find yourself in a relationship three years, five years down the line. And now it's eroded your, um, uh, your validation. They've mm-hmm. eroded your confidence, but you didn't realize that it was happening. Yes. So with those small signals, I love that. That's a beautiful way to identify. Then what do you actually then start to do about it? Because there's the, I assume the multiple things you can talk to them about it. You can just leave. Um, but sometimes it's never that easy. Mm-hmm. Maybe you've got the investment. Maybe you have children. Maybe you've bought a house together. Maybe you are now enmeshed um, financially or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, if everything you've just said really resonates with someone, what are those steps now that someone can actually start to take to either leave? But I think that we can agree that accepting that behavior is only going to give the projection, like mm-hmm. the, the foresight that it's never going to make you feel fulfilled. Yes. The journey away from a toxic relationship is a journey back to yourself. Away from the toxic relationship toward yourself. I had someone recently tell me, they were talking to me about a relationship that they were in, that they've been in for a long time. They have kids, they're married, and this person decided, I no longer want to be in this relationship. And they told me, I was talking to my friends, and they said, it's cheaper to keep her. And you know what I said? Not on your soul. Right? could be cheaper financially to stay with someone. It could be more convenient to stay with someone because you have kids together and you don't want them to live in a family that's separated. It could be because you have a house together and you have the same friend group and you're so afraid of that convenience being taken away. But at what cost? At your own freedom, your own liberation, your own sanity, your soul, yourself. So you have to ask yourself, what price am I willing to pay? Because it's not going to be an easy price. I wish we could put a monetary value on that kind of pain. When someone hurts you, betrays you, lies to you, cheats on you, manipulates you and erodes your sense of who you are. You can't put a financial price on it. I've had people tell me they can keep everything they want. I just want to be done. I don't care. They can take the house. They can take everything we've made together. I just want my freedom, my sanity. I want to be able to come back to myself. So that's a question you need to ask yourself. What price are you willing to pay? What does your soul need? And what's the price on that? Mm -hmm. Are you willing to continue sacrificing just so that you could have those conveniences. Or I I really want people to be compassionate with themselves because we rarely stay because we want to stay. We stay because we're afraid of leaving. We stay because we're afraid of what could happen after we leave. We stay because we're afraid of facing truths about ourselves when we leave. We stay because we are so terrified of having to look ourselves in the mirror and say, you messed up. You knew from the beginning this was the wrong person for you. There was this sign and this sign and this sign. And remember when they did this and remember when they said that? What did you do? You stayed. We're terrified of looking ourselves in the mirror and confronting all the times that we knew we should have paused said something, paused, did something, paused, decided to leave, but decided to continue. We're terrified of that. Why? Because we usually shame ourselves. In my next book that's coming out next year, by the way, I said, 
what is fueled by shame has to be sustained by shame. And what's fueled by compassion has to be sustained by compassion. So if you shame yourself into leaving, guess what's, guess what's going to continue happening afterwards? You're going to shame yourself into staying out of that relationship. If you deal with yourself with compassion and say, wow, I've been through so much. I know I could have left a hundred times, but I also know that in those moments, I did not know that I had this much power. I thought that that was the best I could do. When you talk to yourself with that kind of compassion that you so badly want everyone in your life to talk to you with, like when you hear someone telling you, you've been through so much, I don't know how you did it, you're so patient, you're a saint, you need to be saying those things to yourself because that addiction or dependence on other people saying to us what we really need to say to ourselves keeps us dependent on others. And we don't know if those others are good or bad for us. But as long as we're depending on them, it's like I'm taking a 50-50 chance. This person might speak to me with compassion. They might speak to me with shame. But if I choose to speak to myself with compassion and walk myself out of this relationship hold my hand out the door as I'm walking out with compassion saying this is hard this is going to be hard for the next while but I trust that I can do it I trust that I can get through it look at everything I've gone through so, so far I lived through all of that why am I so afraid of living through the good times why am I so afraid of getting the love that I actually deserve? Why am I so afraid of being treated right? Those aren't things that are scary. But because I've been so fixated on being scared of leaving this relationship and what might happen after, my mind painted all the great things that could happen after I leave this as bad and scary. But what are you scared of? Someone meeting you and helping you pick up the pieces? Someone meeting Or you? Someone, can I be devil's advocate yes. in that? Or someone not meeting you and helping you pick up yes. the, the pieces? Someone not meeting you and helping you pick up the pieces, but you meeting yourself and picking yourself up. I don't know if people believe they have the strength to. So in those situations, mm -hmm. so I'm literally just trying to play devil's advocate so we can really talk and through this. And I want this. you to be. Yeah, yeah, like, because there's the one thing in saying like, But you can be strong to pick yourself up. It's so freaking beautiful. I love the self-empowerment and that. But if you don't actually believe it, mm -hmm. that I think is then why people actually then stay. Because you even, like I've heard you say, like you can't logic your way through the pain. No. But I think so many of us try to. Yes. Right? Where it's like, well, if I left, then, well, I can't handle it on my own. So bet, like, I hate this, but better the devil I know. Mm. is how I think some people feel because they don't know what's on the other side. What if I do leave this relationship and then there's nobody? And I think that, you know, your message is so freaking powerful and then believe in yourself. But when you don't, how do you actually then get started? Mm -hmm. Because And then in fact, which comes first? Do you have to start believing in yourself before you then speak up and make that change? Or do you just rip the band-aid off, make the change, fall to your knees and then build yourself back up? I've seen people do both of those things and everything in between. I personally think that a person should walk at their own pace and leave a relationship at their own pace. You will hear people telling you, if you don't leave, then you're asking for this. Then it's become your fault. The moment you realize that you're in a bad relationship and you stay in it, it's become your fault. I do not believe in that at all. Because it's like that analogy of, seeing a chicken dance at a circus on a hot plate. Do you think that they put that chicken on there where the plate is at the maximum heat that it could be at? Or do they start at a low heat, gradually increase the tolerance so that that chicken that you're putting on there doesn't just immediately jump off and say no? That's what happens with toxic relationships. We are increasing your tolerance For the toxicity, the manipulation, the abuse that you can put up with over time. Mm -hmm. So when you get to a point 
where you've realized, wow, this has been so bad for so long. You're not going to have a flip of a switch moment and say, that's it. I'm done. I need to be out of this. And this is not the time or place where logic will kick in for most people. In an ideal world, the moment you know that something's wrong for you, the moment that you know that someone has been treating you really badly, you do leave. But we don't live in an ideal world and we are humans and we work through things. We don't just wish something away and it's gone. So picture the erosion that has been happening to you while you're in a toxic relationship over time. Picture yourself completely in color at first. You know who you are, or maybe you thought you knew who you were, but you were not in the place that it's gotten you to. That color was fading over time until you got to a point where you don't know who you are. You're living life in black and white. You don't recognize yourself. People who've gone through these kinds of relationships know. They know that moment you look in the mirror and you're like, this is not me. Or when you look at old pictures of yourself and you get sad because you miss the person that you were. Have you felt like that before? I have. I have. Yes. And, um, yeah. I can tell you right now that the moment you recognize that you're in the wrong relationship <clears throat> usually isn't the moment that you walk away. And that's okay. Like, I want people listening to know that there's nothing that you're asking for. We don't ask for people to treat us badly. We don't ask for people to be toxic to us. We don't ask for people to manipulate us and put us on a pedestal and then take it and, and take it away and let us fall and crash and crumble into a billion pieces. We don't do that. We ask for love. We ask for mutual happiness. We ask for peace, but we don't ask for that. So picture the transition you've gone through from being in full color to having that color be taken away from you bit by bit, where you got to a point where you don't recognize yourself. And you know very well that the person that you've become has all the great and good and beautiful aspects of them stripped away. The only way you can exist in this relationship or with this person is as this shell of a human that you've become. So when you're there and you recognize, oh, I've been going through this entire process, this gradual degradation of who I am and my sense of self-worth and reality like who who am I really and what world am I living in and do I have the ability to discern between what's right and wrong all of that has been stripped away from you bit by bit you tell me are you going to be able in the moment that you recognize that to feel that you have the power to let go of it all in that moment no it's going to take time for it to sit in Because you are going to, as somebody who has been trained for this long period of time to question yourself, you're going to question this reality right now that's telling you, wow, they've been stripping away at me this whole time. You're going to question yourself and you're going to look for more proof that that's what they're doing. And you're going to do research and you're going to listen to people who've gone through something like this and You might go see a therapist who helps you with it. If this has been your normal this whole time for however many years or months, but for most people in toxic relationships, it is years. Sometimes it's decades. If your normal has been, you need to explain your intentions before you say anything so that you can have permission to speak. Like when you started being in a relationship with this person, you could express yourself fully, but you've gotten to a point where... You need to see what kind of mood they're in. You know, am I going to be able to say this to them? And how are they feeling right now? And like you're walking on eggshells now. And if I bring this up, is it going to make things safer for me or more dangerous for me? 
So going from being able to fully express yourself without having those worries or concerns to a point where now you're explaining every single thing that you do. You're walking on eggshells. You're making excuses all the time. If that's been your normal, it's going to take a while for you to get used to a new normal that says you don't need to explain yourself every single time. You don't need to sense what my mood or attitude is or how my day has been. You can express yourself. You can talk to me because I'm never going to put my respect for you beneath what I'm going through. There are basics to a relationship, respect, mutual understanding, a mutual commitment to work on this relationship. When those things are not there, then the relationship is lopsided. It's all about the other person's needs. Ask yourself, what is your purpose of being in a relationship? Really, really, what is your purpose of being in a relationship? Are you in one because, or have you stayed because society tells you if you're not in a relationship, something's wrong with you? Is it because your parents pushed you to get married? Is it because you're afraid that all of your friends who are married and in good relationships from what you see are going to be like, oof, why are they not in a relationship anymore? Ask yourself, what is your purpose of being in a relationship? 